podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Monday indeed. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined today by Tony Haggerty and Amy Canavan for a Celtic State of Minds Axon Bulletin. It's 12.30 and it is indeed the beginning of a new week and we are going back to Celtic Park. Amy, you're obviously in the mood. You've already got the hoops on. Um, that collar is unmistakable from the centenary season and I, I know for a fact that's long before your time. Is that one of these um, reproductions or is that an original? It is an original. Um, yeah. It's a, it's an absolute cracker. I do love it. It is before my time. The strip isn't mine's, um, but I love it. Uh, I don't like you say. It's, it's iconic. The the collar in particular. It's just they just don't make them like that anymore. You know the quality. You guys you will know better than me as well. But all the strips, pretty much every strip before my time, they're just. It's it's unbelievable the the, the quality, um, the colouring as well. It's kept it so well, but the colour in particular, I just absolutely love it. It's, it's so good, and yeah, I am in the mid already because it's just buzzing to get back to, uh, to Parkhead tonight. Buzzing to be back amongst fans. Um, it's like you say, it's, it's the start to a great week. Hopefully, oh, definitely. I mean, when I see that Tony, it does bring a smile to my face because that was the first season I started going to Celtic Park. 1987 was my first game. It was in the pre-season. It was, I've said this before, the Tommy Burns testimonial. Um, and we went on to win the double uh, in fairy tale fashion. And I remember thinking all those years ago, oh, this is great. Is it like this all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, what thereafter followed wasn't quite like that. But the centenary season will always have a special place in our hearts, Tony. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was uh, the first season that I uh, managed to go to every game home and away. Proud record. I was delighted at that. Uh, JP ate your heart out. Didn't keep the tickets to be fair, but uh, but no, it was just brilliant. Uh, there is a goal that's lost in the ether. Uh, 
Joe Miller's on Boxing Day at Tanadice where Chris Morris put the ball in and I saw Joe Miller heading towards the ball and then I just saw stairs and legs and uh, people trampling all over me. Uh, it could have been pretty dangerous because the steps at Tanadice were like that Boxing Day. It was, but uh, I knew it hit the net because of the reaction, but I've still never seen it and I don't think it was ever captured on camera either, but you know, that was that was a last-minute goal and that team were famous for last-minute goals. Uh, so it was a great season. Just a wonderful campaign and the whole euphoria of the centenary just swept them to the, mm. the cup, didn't they? Were and Billy McNeil after that famous line, didn't he? In the cup final, there's a fairy tale about this club, and it was a, a fairy tale that season. So yeah, I don't think you can look at that strip that Amy's got on and not smile because everybody will have their own personal memories. I mean, some great goals. Paul McStay's at Ibrox, et al. Just pick them out. You know, you you can. You, they're all the decks in your mind. You just flash back to them. You know, it's just it's the polar. Polaroid stills, don't you? You push the button and you get the wee photo and you, you can see it. You can see it all vividly clearly. The maestro's pirouette um, as he sets up Morris to cross in for McAvenny. So many great memories from that season. So thank you for sparking those memories, Amy Canavan. I mean, tonight... Um, I'm thinking back to our encounters with Hibs back then. They were a decent side themselves in the late 80s. And they will have a bit of momentum tonight. We're going to be focusing on our encounter this evening at Celtic Park and um, what we're going to be facing, but also how we're going to be lining up as well. Uh, We haven't heard too much in the way of... Uh, news on Joe Hart. Of course, he missed the game against St. Johnston. I'm guessing, Tony, that we're expecting Hart back in for tonight's game. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any you know, issues there. I picked my team for the Celtic way and memory serves it was Hart and goal, Taylor left back, CCV, Starfield, uh, Juranovic. I've got McGregor, Logic, Hitati, and Forrest, Maida, and Abada up front. I think that was my team, yeah. So, So, you know, you already did your prediction before I decided on the title of today's show, but you would be handing out two uh, debuts today. But we'll we'll break that team down um, because I was talking about it just the other day uh, with a couple of pals of mine about how do we start uh, obviously, we've got a few injuries. Joe Hart hopefully isn't one of them, um, Amy. But let's look at Tony's defence then. Let's look at that defence. Juranovic in for Tony Ralston. Uh, yeah. will, will, will Ralston be feeling a bit kind of like um, hard done by there? Should be. <laughs> Go on, Amy. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know if you were asking Tony for Sorry. Um, well, we all know I'm a massive advocate for, for Tony Dalston. I think he will be feeling hard done by if he has missed out. Um, and it's never going to, it's not on his own doings. I think that he is getting left out. I think it's pretty obvious that Juranovic is favoured there. Um, and I know for a lot of fans that he is still the better on that side. Um, but yeah, I think it's really harsh on, on Ralston, but that just shows you how, how great a season he's having. You know, obviously, if you spend money on Juranovic um, and you bring him in, it is to be number one and he will expect you to be number one, you know, internationalist. And he is, he's a fantastic player. And going forward, I do think he is probably better than, than Ralston. Just just his end delivery, I think sometimes is a little bit more consistent, but it's um, it's nothing to do. If Ralston's not on the team tonight, you know, I think it's... It's really, it is harsh on him and he will, as Tony says, be feeling a little bit hard done by him, rightly so. 
Well, I'm going to throw out the first disagreement of today's show because I'm playing Tony, right? I'm playing Tony Ralston at right back. Um, why would I play Tony? Well, I think that, yeah, Juranovic was signed as a, as a first pick, Tony. No doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about that. But I don't think on two counts that he's done enough to be the first pick. And I don't think that Tony Ralston um, has had bad enough performances to drop out at right back. But that takes me to the left-hand side because I do think Taylor will start tonight, Tony. I agree with that. But I would maybe play Zhiranovic at left-back. Now, yes, I'm playing somebody out of position. What's your thoughts on that, though, Tony? I, I do expect Taylor to start tonight, but I would be playing Ralston at right-back with Zhiranovic at left-back. My thoughts are that I you can never second-guess a manager, and I, and I would... I, like Amy was saying there, you would feel hard done by if you're Ralston and you're playing the team that I've picked. But I wouldn't have a problem if he didn't. <laughs> and he played Ralston because you now have a kind of wee plethora of options there, don't you? To rotate and, and, and you've got, a, you can't say, well, you can call it strength and depth per se. But you've got Taylor back in for the cup final, didn't you? Taylor actually played really, really well in the cup final. And, uh, and then Ralston had to sit out, didn't he? For a couple of games and he has done so. I just, with what I thought maybe the manager's thinking on it. Uh, I quite like Juranovic. You know, I, I think he'd I'd maybe take your point on that he's not fully cemented that right back slot, but I think he's getting better and better. I've got nothing against Ralston for his performances this season. I mean, people knew my thoughts about Ralston previously, but as I've said, he's flipped that on its head. And mm. I just think now that the managers, uh, that's what the manager gets paid for to make those big calls. And I would go with Taylor and Ranovic as my left and right back tonight. But if Ange plays Ralston and Juranovic out of position, then I ain't going to question that. If anything, I'll just say, right, fine. I, I trust your judgment. You know, so uh, we're asking to have teams than we do. And, you know, sometimes it's banging the money, other times it's not. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and any opportunity to use the word plethora on Axon yeah. will, yeah. will be used because it is the <laughs> most used word on the chat group. Tony, so there's a klaxon. The plethora klaxon. Dong. Right. <laughs> Love it. Um, now, when we're looking at the centre halves, then, you know, th- there's obviously been images over the last uh, week or so and an appearance by Chris Julien. Amy, don't expect for a minute for him to start tonight. Um, so, at this moment in time, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfelt is what Tony's going for. There's obviously been interest as well from Udinese in terms of Stephen Welsh. Um, Liam Scales has suggested in the past his, his strongest positions, uh, centre-half, left side of the centre-half partnership. It is getting to that point, if Julian remains fit, and we all hope that he does, that we do have a bit of strength in there all of a sudden. I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was the exact opposite, wasn't it? Yeah, um, but as we've said, it can turn so quickly, just as it's quickly turned, looking likely to turn, sorry, getting a little bit of strength. If Welsh was to go at any time during this window, then you you would kind of be worrying again because Julian, right now, he's still very much 50-50, even if you can call it that. Um, 
you know, and it could only be a matter of time until he's back, but uh, an injury comes again because he has just been so unlucky. And mm. he's never going to come back in and be a 90-minute player right away. It's going to have to be a, a gradual process. But, yeah, for tonight, I do think it'll be a Starfelt partner in Carter Vickers. Um, I think Andrew made that pretty clear that that is who he wants at the back going forward. Uh, consistency is certainly key. Um, and going into this, you know, really crucial period, I can see I'm sticking with that. And I think Starfelt himself needs that a little bit of confidence. I think we've all got kind of, um, I don't think he's been as settled perhaps as Carter Vickers. Um, but as much as we're saying, you know, he, he does have little moments of, of worry in him. I think consistently he is still, he is still there. He's by no means the best, but you know, money has been spent. We need to still give them a run, I would feel. Um, and I think, as Tony's saying, you're trying to think how, how Postacoglu will play it. And I think he's made it very clear that Starfield and uh, Carter Vickers are his number one pairing. When you look at this season, um, I don't disagree with that, by the way, but when you look at the season and the journey that Starfield's had from the beginning, Tony, um, going back to the situation we were in then compared to now with the centre-halves, you know, we had to play Dane Murray. You had to throw him in for his debut in a Champions League qualifier. A shocking situation we should never be in. We've had to play Beaton out of position. So we were in the market. We were desperate, actually, for a centre-half to come in. Starfield was that man. But, I mean, even his debut wasn't um, an ideal set of circumstances for the player. Ange Postecoglou stood up for him there and he says, you know, he was basically thrown in to that game. Um, he had done a bit of the training himself. He spoke about that at his uh, initial press conference. He's tried to get prepared himself. He's in quarantine, having come over from Russia, I think it was, at the time. And he's thrown into that game. It wasn't a great start. It wasn't a great performance by Celtic. Um, and then I think that what then happened was Carter Vickers came in. They seemed to be developing a good partnership and then we had a couple of performances where it was back to the point where you're thinking, I've got some doubts about Starfield. And in particular, in, in the cup final, um, I thought was one of his poorer games. Now, I'm not using this as an opportunity to have a dig at him. Um, I think he is still a first pick with Carter Vickers. However, there are some doubts among some Celtic fans, Tony. Um, like what Amy says, though, tonight's the night where you throw him in there, you show a bit of belief in him, and it's his jersey to lose. Yeah, there's a player there in Starfield. Let's be honest, but everybody can point to various lapses in concentration, can't they? And, you know, in iffy performances. You know, you mentioned the cup final. I mentioned Ross County. You know, when Jordan White came on and just rummled him up and just gave a centre-half a, a good old fashion battering from a, a big centre-forward, you know? And then you go to St Johnston Boxing Day and Celtic are 2 0 up, going on 5 6 7, cruising. And he's a lapse from concentration with a, a terrible pass. The ball's crossed in and it's a goal. Mm. And St Johnston were absolutely dire that game. But it was Starfield that handed them their moment and their opportunity to get back in. You know, so you can pinpoint these kind of instances. But in the other games prior to these ones, he's been pretty solid. Yeah. And he's did the job. And a lot of people are kind of, I would have personal jury still out, but I think you've got to accept that there's a player there somewhere, you know, and he maybe just finding his feet and taking it longer than others to find their feet. And that's fine. But what he does know that any lapses in concentration will get punished. He has to be on his game all the time. You know, and I, and I think uh, if someone's prone to, you know, lapses in concentration and wandering, then they'll, they'll get found out every now and again. I think that's what's happening with Starfield. But 
when he's on it and he's focused, then I think you and Amy will agree he's, he's pretty solid. You know, and I think he's benefited by having Carter Vickers beside him. Without a doubt. The two of them dovetail quite nicely. Mm-hmm. In those games that they've played, there's the odd moment, but, you know, the defenders, the Celtic defenders, we always have defenders that give you the odd moment, don't they? And, and overall, and overall, the the record speaks for itself domestically at least twenty in terms yeah. of the defensive record. Well, Celtic are on a seventeen match unbeaten domestic run, and they've conceded the least amount of goals, haven't they? And Starfield's part of that defence, so he can't be a bad footballer. Can't I mean, I, you know, I, I had a go to him in the Ross County game because I just thought he get spooked by the big guy coming on who was on to spook him, and he let it happen. That's 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 it. That's the reason I had a, a, a go then. Still, still stand by it, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm not saying he's a, he's a, a rotten defender. I, I think he does things quite well. I think he's... He's decent in the air, but it's just his distribution in the ground sometimes. He's, he just looks cumbersome and uncomfortable, doesn't he, with that? On the left, team. on the left-hand side. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, a lot of Celtic's problems come from that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the thing with that is, I, I think that, um, you know, when you're looking for centre-halves and you've made inquiries for several centre-halves, and eventually you, you get two of them, and the first one that comes in, uh, probably isn't as strong on the left-hand side, but you've got Carter Vickers who's stronger on the right, so there's a decision to be made, and you don't want to play Carter Vickers in an area that he's maybe not as strong in, so Starfield is adapting to that. Talking about left-hand-sided players, though, Amy, uh, someone who has had some much-needed experience in the first team this season is Adam Montgomery. He made his breakthrough last season at the worst possible time. This time last year, wasn't it? Um, Post-Dubai, we're not going to labour that. Incidentally, we're in a much happier place now. Uh, but Montgomery coming to the side, uh, as I say, under difficult circumstances. But he's had a lot of game time up until now. But there is talk now that he could be one of the youngsters who are moving away for um, more game time alongside the likes of Ewan Henderson and Liam Shaw, of course, who are already away to uh, Hibs and Motherwell. What's your thoughts on that with Montgomery? Because I did see see progress uh, in his first half a dozen games this season. Uh, there was then a couple of performances. I think the Dundee United game, it wasn't at his best uh, in that particular game. But I've seen a lot from him. Um, however, you've got to weigh it up. Is he going to get game time between now and the end of the season? If not, get him out on loan. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's a perfect move for him. Um, not in the same case as Ewan Henderson, in the sense that like, I think it's, it's vital that he comes back. Um, but 
I agree, kind of everything you've said there. I think he really did start well. I, I was a really big fan, but I think in recent months, when the time for him has been, or the game time, sorry, has been a little bit less frequent, I, I do see a little bit of a dip. So I think right now, kind of what I think we we're talking about just last week, how important it is for you know our players, or especially our young players, to go out and play with clubs within our country, um, even if it, it may not be the Premiership, certainly the Championship, then I think that would be the ideal move for Montgomery, just to get some game time between now and the end of the season um, perhaps playing for a team that you know still have a lot to be playing for um, they're, they're not kind of a mid-table team even if they are in a little bit of a relegation battle, what whichever league or team it may be, I just think you know you could learn an awful lot from that, and I really do like Montgomery but as you're saying, it kind of shows right now already the, the turnover and not going to say strength and depth, but just the amount of bodies perhaps that Celtic do have around right now. Because, you know, Adam Montgomery was on the bench at the start and you were thinking he is probably going to need to come on at some point. But now yeah. you're looking further and further down the line. And, and that is a great, you know, situation to be in for Celtic. And, and Post the Coglu will be, be rubbing his hands together at that. But for Montgomery himself, I think it's important he goes out alone, gets some game time. Um, like I say, I think there's plenty of clubs out there that he could go to within the, the top two divisions in, in Scotland and play well, learn a lot from a lot of experienced guys around him, from a lot of good managers. Probably one of the best positions Scottish managers have been in or Scottish leagues have been in. There's a lot of good managers around. Um and I think that would be great, kind of for all parties, and important that he comes back in the summer. See, it's one of these situations, like you say, mate, where at the beginning of the season, we couldn't afford to put him out on loan. We needed all the bodies we could possibly get. So I think it's an indication, Tony, that Ange Postacoglu has got a, a much deeper squad. The depth is there. But what you don't want is you don't want a player like Montgomery to stagnate. We've seen a lot of youngsters over the years who have come and got a few. I mean, listen, Ewan Henderson's part of that. Part of his problem, not enough game time. We don't want that to happen, so get him out on a six-month loan deal and make sure that he's getting plenty of game time in those legs. I made the point the other week that at this moment in time, and she's the club taking a certain direction, we just have better players at the minute. Guy who most to offer, you know, like some Montgomery and Henderson and Scale, uh, not Scale, you know. So there's no shame in that. But as you say, get them out and get them used to the Scottish football terrain. Get them at clubs like Motherwell. And, you know, and even if it is a, a relegation battle, you know, they'll be a better player for it. Mm-hmm. Stand them in good stead. They'll, you know, they'll know how to, what they need to win, all that kind of stuff. So I don't think any experience away from Celtic with a Scottish Premiership club is a bad one, per se, as long as they're playing. You know, when they'll go to every ground and they'll know exactly what's in front of them when they come back to Celtic and they'll be able to make a valid contribution. It's just at this moment in time, the manager has got kind of, a, not settled, uh, but he's got a kind of team, I think, in his mind, mm-hmm. both moving forward, that he wants to play in a list of subs. He's got it in his mind and we, we all kind of know it, don't we? So, you... you He's even said, yeah, guys don't make money at this moment in time. Draw the Henderson just don't keep them in that, do they? They're not bad footballers. You know, they're good footballers because they're good for Celtic. But they're just not good enough to make them out through into the team right now. And they're hands. They don't do it with somebody else. Don't do it, Ryan Christie did. Don't do it. Ayer did. An Aberdeen and a Kilmarnock. And then I keep saying it, and then they come back and they can make an impact. They can make a valid contribution because they've played against the same teams. They know what to expect. And, and the premise is the same. You go to a, 
you want another team, you play football, you win games for that football team. If you're coming back to Celtic, the pressure's no different, is it? You don't have to win football matches, so it doesn't matter where they go, whether it's a kind of top end of the table or a mid-table or bottom end of the table, you have to win football matches. You only prove that you can make a difference and, you know, you, you can help that team. So I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But uh, as long as they come back, having gained something from the experience mm-hmm. and that understand and not contributed, that that's there's there's no use in that. Can't send them out on loan where they don't play. I agree with that because uh, we have seen uh, there, there was a good example actually uh, previously where we're, we're sending loan players out and and they are sitting in the uh, the stands and they're not learning anything, Tony. And I think that when you look at a player. Um, like Ewan Henderson, for example, who has gone away to Ross County. This is the example I'm thinking about. And, you know, he spent most of his time just kicking his heels uh, to the point where the the loan deal was cut short. And you flip that and you look at Leo Held, for example. He's a player that ordinarily I wouldn't uh, use as an example to say he went away and made an impression, but he did. But it just so happens that when he comes back, he doesn't want to play with Celtic. He's away down playing for Leeds United. But a big part of that process and his development was a loan spell also at Ross County, where he got massive plaudits by the, the then manager, John John Hughes, uh, who was raving about him. And he's obviously got a move, uh, which isn't benefiting Celtic other than in the transfer fee that we got for him. So we've spoken about the defence and the goalie for tonight. I'm going to try and invite as many comments into the discussion as possible. Let me know if you agree or disagree with our um, our lineup so far. Uh, but talking about defence and goalkeepers, Tony, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Retro Video Club yesterday, but there was a fantastic section before your time again, Amy. Um, early 90s, Gordon Marshall was signed as Celtic's goalkeeper from Falkirk. I remember it well, 250 grand. He comes in under Liam Brady. He had a chance to sign for Rangers or Celtic and he chose Celtic. Um, but such was the times back then, Amy, that uh, your football wage wasn't enough. You had to have something on the side. And Gordon Marshall was a hairdresser. So, of course, the Celtic collection video decided that uh, the presenter, Paul Cooney, would be getting his hair cut whilst he interviewed Gordon Marshall. Did you manage to capture that uh, bit of gold dust footage on, on Sunday, Amy? Uh, I watched it this morning, actually. Um... <laughs> Bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, a little bit odd. I just... It made me laugh. Um, you know, Tony, Tony you'll, you'll appreciate this as well, but I can't think of anything close to, you know, having um, a, a footballer right now in a, in a Celtic side, having another job on the side. It's it's mental. Um, I just, I think it's crazy. And I don't know if he was the best barber in the world, but um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely an insight into something that I didn't know. Um, I like to think that I'm okay with like my little bit of niche knowledge. Um, I pick up, certainly I pick up a lot from, from Paul when I'm doing the studio, but that was one that I, I wasn't aware of. The thing is, uh, these footballers of today are building brands uh, and they're building companies. And there we've got Big Marsh, Tony, sitting there cutting hair. And Paul Cooney's asking him, Who, whose hair do you cut? And he's like, oh, the, the gaffer. So he was cutting Liam Brady's hair. I, I just found it utterly bizarre. But it was a sign of the times, wasn't it? I very much so. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people would accuse Gordon Marshall of keeping goal at a hairdresser, wouldn't they? Uh, especially in the cup final in 1994. Yeah, yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm. and that's <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of Gordon Marshall in the League Cup final night before. 
Yeah. We say we move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's probably stuck to the hairdresser. Maybe he still does. Yeah. It, it, it maybe does. It maybe, but the thing is, I've said this before, Tony. Tommy Burns was a goalkeeper shot from having a great Celtic side. I think a few uh, managers, Celtic managers, have been a goalkeeper shot of a great Celtic side. Martin O'Neill was the same, wasn't he? Mm. Well, he done all right. He, he done okay. And arguably, well, but arguably the best goalkeeper we had couldn't play in the year for Cup final, having Sanchez Broto. Mm. Where, where is he now? I wonder goal- if he's cutting here. Yeah, of the goalkeepers they had at the time. Because I believe Javi Sanchez daughter went to Ibrox not long before they if any and he stole it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Just, you know he, he, he kinda he came to the floor at Livingston and Celtic England, but strangely they'd signed him when he was he cut time. Because he played in the earlier year for cup rounds with Livingston. I, I think that, that was the because they signed him after the deadline, something like that, wasn't it? Interesting. And Interesting. Aye, yeah, and you know Martin O'Neill had his goalkeeping problems, didn't he? Because he had mm. Dark, he had Hedman, he had Broto, uh, others as well, didn't he? He pulled at the start. Uh, Karim, what was that? Bands, or do you see him still doing something? Yeah, Bands brought him in, but he was still there, he was still hanging about, Tony. Still treatment through that word again, a plethora of goalkeepers from that in the time as well, didn't he? And <laughs> he did. And Rangers had Stefan Kloss at the time, didn't he? Mm. So yep. had you had someone of that ilk, you know, Celtic could have won the European final, you know, well, not blaming Rap Douglas per se, but, you know, you just sort of say it's, it's levels, isn't it, mm-hmm. of player. And I always thought Martin O'Neill kind of maybe didn't lay any, lay any great strain, stress on having an international class goalkeeper when other clubs did. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. A big part of your team. I mean, Rangers went from Gorham to close, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But you're talking about international class. Even when we brought one in, in Headman, you know, he wasn't. A, you know, at that at that point, he wasn't the answer either, Tony. You know, because he on big big wages as well. When we brought him in, because of the market that we were utilising back then, you know, just buying first starters, first team picks from the English Premiership. But it was an Achilles heel, wasn't it? Yeah. The goalkeeper. So that's yeah. Uh, and I often wondered why Celtic couldn't get like. Just someone to nail that position down. And look know? at us now. Look at us now with Joe Hart talking to hairdressers and all the rest of it. I'm not going to be using any of the uh, cliche terms when I'm talking about Joe Hart's hair because it's looking fabulous. But we've got loads of people tuning in, about a thousand tuning in. Thanks for getting involved, Scott Howe. Uh, good to see you back, Hale Hale. Thank God the football's back. Mon the hoops. Well, Amy's so excited she's already got the kit on, ready to go. Uh, what time are you leaving tonight? Um... God, it'll not be tonight. I'm I'm the driver tonight, so I'll be ushering everyone around at about half four. Um, got to give ourselves a little bit of leeway. Aye, so around around half four. Brilliant. And Sean F, how's it going? Chat. Can't wait for this game tonight. There is a buzz about the place just to go back to the centenary year again. So what did you think about the defence then? Um, a wee disagreement in terms of the fullbacks, but I think most of that defence picks itself. Let's move into the midfield. Reminders, Tony, what's your three midfielders? You're making a you're giving a debut to Hatati, I believe. Yeah, Hatati alongside Rogic and uh, McGregor, yeah. Well, he has, and he needs to because there are a few positions where we're, we're still short um, due to yeah. this injury crisis. Yeah, 
might be a bit harsh in your beat one, but I think if you're giving the Celtic supporters a choice, they want to see Hatati, don't they? I think that, you know, although it's it's a tough game, and I know that Hibs went on a, a bad run prior to the departure of Jack Ross, although it's a tough game, it is a, an ideal game in many ways, at home, the return, uh, Amy, for one or two deputants this evening. Um, and like Tony says, I think Beaton has been um, a real plus point for Postacoglu, probably unexpected alongside a couple of others. I think Beaton has performed particularly well. Um, but looking at the show, he was listening to the press conferences. Hatati does seem to be a player that we can put in there as a ball-winning uh, midfielder. So maybe the stage is set this evening for him to make his arrival. I certainly hope so. Um, and again, it's kind of not quite to the scale of Tony Ralston, but, you know, beat on before the break was absolutely superb and we were all, you know, ranting and raving about him and rightly so, it was all warranted. So I think beat on could perhaps feel a little bit hard done by, um, but obviously a lot can happen in these in this three-week break, really. But I think what's ideal for a player like Neil Beaton, really, is probably the five substitution will coming back into play. Um, you know, if, you know, Hatati manages an hour kind of thing and then you've got half an hour left Beaton you know is more than capable to come in and still make a little bit of an impact he's um more than comfortable coming in as if there's a lead to defend um or you know he can stretch play which kind of did see more in his game prior to the break but yeah I do believe the stage is set tonight I think Hibs um as we say they've definitely got the buzz around them with Maloney the fans have certainly got the buzz around them but they're coming into this not in an injury crisis but they've got a fair few players out um um, and it's not a full-strength hip squad. Um, and I think Celtic can take advantage of that. And I'm not saying then that you hand out the debutants purely because it's going to be a weakened hip side. But I think, as you're kind of saying, all the stars are, are aligning for it to happen. And I, and I wouldn't, sorry, I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see how that starts tonight. Again, though, it's that that position of the park whereby Beaton's come in and he's made the jersey his own up to this point. Tony, but the second option that we would have, not ordinarily, would either be someone like James McCarthy or Ismaila Sorrow. The fact that we are willing to throw in a player we've never seen in action um, says a lot about the other two players I've just mentioned there. Tony, I don't, I don't think for a minute McCarthy is going to believe in Celtic. He's been given a contract that's too long for that to happen. But it certainly does look likely that Sorrow um, could well be one of these guys that that moves from the park this January. Yeah, possibly should do as well. But I get back to it. This is a manager that made a play for these guys very early. Celtic supporters knew about these three players long before the January transfer window kicked in. They actually came in and heard me before the January transfer window officially started. But you'd known for like, what, two or three months before? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That uh, Ange Postacoglu wanted these players. 
And allowing for the fact that they've played a full season in Japan, mm-hmm. they still wanted them. And all three spoke at you know, various press conferences they had, and they all said they were fresh and raring to go and couldn't wait to get started. So, again, I get back to it. Whilst all three might not play, I don't envisage them playing all three players, but, you know, uh, my first thought would, would be that he would play Maida and Hitati because these are the positions that he was speaking about, clambering, mm-hmm. saying that we were we were uh, shot in. And it's no it's no slight on what Beaton has done because Beaton has actually stepped up to the plate and performed so fairly well, as Amy said, and, and gained plaudits and rightfully so. So again, you try to second-guess the manager. Maybe he won't disrupt that because he might, he might want to keep faith with Beaton and do it the other way around. And get beat on the hour of 65, 70 minutes and bring Hitati on for 20. He might do that. I just think he's one of these guys over for a reason, isn't he? I think he wants to see them hit the ground running the way Kyogo did. And if he can get anything like that from the two of them tonight, then, you know, the, the whole feel good factor will from roaring back again. I mean, the fans, as you said, there, there's a real buzz about getting back. Amy's got the top one, she's jumping in the car at half four. Let's go, you know. So the the old uh, East supporters bus there coming through, marvelous. Uh, but you know everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. So let's add to that excitement by putting, giving a debut to, to the new players. We brought them. We want to see them. You know that, and I, I think Angie's of that opinion as well. They're not here to sit on the bench for a few weeks or ease herself in gently. Do what Kyogo did. Or, Absolutely, Tony, and I think that uh, you know Ange Postacoglu couldn't wait for the January transfer window to open. I mean, mm-hmm. um, he's got the bodies in now. Where he's got three bodies in, and uh, I would love to, you know, from a fan's perspective, see a couple of them tonight, if not all three. And uh, curtains are closing. It's buzzing to be back in the stadium tonight. Up the good guys. Um, Helen McCallum reckons that Maeda will start tonight. We'll get to the strikers uh, just a few more. Somebody else is asking Tony to sing a song. Can't think what song that would be, Tony. Uh, people are talking about Arthur Boric. Yeah, there's a, another name from goalkeepers of the past. Um, uh, big Rab Douglas, Daniel F. Uh, Rab Douglas had the clean sheet award for a few years. Bit of a dumpling at times, but he done not too bad. And I tell you, he's doing his team's doing not too bad as well at the moment. This season we are both, isn't he? Um, and uh, another shout out for a few other goalies from the past also. So when we're talking about the midfield, Callum McGregor, captain, fantastic this season. Um, I remember, you know, thinking back to the Easter Road tie. McGregor and, and Roderick, uh, you know, got some kind of rough treatment, didn't they, at Easter Road? McGregor's walking about with a big gash on his shin, um, and partly due to the treatment Roderick gets, he gets injured and he, he misses quite a few weeks, and we missed him badly. Um, I'm not saying he was targeted, Amy, but Gojic certainly gave him a few boots. Um, is that something that you're concerned about tonight? Is that, that style going to change under Maloney? Roderick is a game-changer on evenings like tonight. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't see Alex Gogic starting for, um, for starters. Um, there's a lot of talk about him, where he could be going. Um, so I think maybe that'll be one less guy to perhaps worry about, who, like we say, he certainly had something in, in his mind uh, for Tom Rogic a few weeks ago. But 
it is just going to come with the territory when you're you're kind of got the the blessed talent that Tom Rogic has. You know, it's nine years ago today since he signed for Celtic, which is crazy. Is that nine years today? Is it nine years today? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so that testimonial is coming. He's you know when he's got the ball at his feet, that's it speaks volumes. The fact that they are having to you know kick him up and down, and they're still not getting him down. You can talk about Tom Rogic for an hour. Um, again, I still can't believe a, a few seasons ago, and even just last season there, that a few fans would have been okay where I'm going. I think that's crazy. I just a lot of guys been one of the best players who can just turn the game on its head. Certainly during my lifetime, um, and I've loved them for. Certainly the last five, six years, they always had quite a slow start to Celtic. It wasn't, you know, it didn't work out. I had to go out on a few loans. Um, we're talking about loan deals earlier, but always just kind of plodded along. And when he got his chance, it, I know not every fan will say he grabbed it all the time, but when, when he turns it on, he turns it on. Um, and I think this season more than ever, he's certainly turning it on more often than not. Yeah, the thing with Tom, you're absolutely right. He comes in, highly rated player, Tony, you'll remember. Um, one of the foosball players at some point, you can see the, you know, the, the close control is unbelievable. Um, it, it's not just Hibs. I'm not going to have Hibs a hard time or Gogic, although I think Gogic is particularly rash at times. Tom Rodgick wins a lot of free kicks in and around that, that area of the park, just outside the box. And in many ways, that's a weapon if we had someone who could hit a free kick uh, a wee bit more effectively. But Tom Rodgick is a player who did start off slowly, um, didn't really perform under Neil Lennon, I've got to say, in, you know, first time round. Um, and then he starts coming into his own and people remember some of the goals, you know, at Rugby Park and obviously in the cup final and um, against Rangers. And... You know, there was there was peaks and troughs in his Celtic career. And I, I'm going to say it, and there's probably podcasts over the last 18 months where I've said it. Um, Tom Rogic, for me, could have left Celtic and I would have bid him farewell. Now it's unthinkable. At this moment in time, it's unthinkable. He is one of the players that when you're playing against tight-packed defences, Tony, you don't have a Tom Rogic, you're crying out for him. He's the guy that can make the big difference. I mean, he's, he's always going to be important, but I thought we saw the best 45-minute performance in his Celtic career against Hibs earlier this season. Yeah, I would go along with that. You know my thoughts on Tom Rogic as well. They've kind of flipped because I've all said that there's a player lying dormant now. Roger's got a tune out of him. Lennon couldn't, and I can't understand that because he's a naturally gifted footballer, right? But for, for whatever reason, he, he, even, he even played bit parts under Rogers, didn't he? You know, so you're, you're like that. Well, well, why? And all of a sudden, Andy's come in and said to him, look, there's probably nothing I can teach you about football. Just go and do what you're naturally good at. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need that. You need somebody to have total faith and belief in you. Whereas I think others were convinced that there was a footballer there, but maybe just didn't have that faith and belief in him. He was always getting hooked, wasn't he, after what, an hour? Then people questioned his stamina, his fitness and all that. And now you think to yourself, well, he's a Rolls-Royce of a player, really, isn't he? Yeah. You've, you've, because, again, I said you couldn't marry his performances to his goals, the whole DVD or great goals, but now he's married both under Ange. And what a player you have at your disposal. And, and <coughs> excuse me, that 43 minutes he did play Easter Road, he was unplayable. Gogic did everything, booted him up and down the park, and he just kept going at him and taking the, the absolute mick out of him, didn't he? To the point where he, he was just like, my, 
my legs are sore now because this guy's just been kicking me the whole time. I'm, I'm stretching, I'm twisting, I'm turning them. You know, so I, uh, it was a highly impressive performance. And some people were three up and cruising, weren't they? Yeah, they were cruising. Yeah, it was and down to him, wasn't it? Because it was, it was, and the game changed when he went off, Tony. And and Celtic's uh, team changed when he wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. And now uh, to put him out, the team's unthinkable, isn't it? You, you worry when he's not there because he does so many good things. You look at that tight game against Motherwell. It was just a moment of real quality when McGregor dummied the ball and he's just, you know, it's what Tom Logic does. He's a scorer of great goals, you know, and there's a lot. I don't think I can remember an ordinary Logic goal. That, that's the only game I've missed. That's the only game I've missed this season. Um, and bizarrely enough, and I'm, I'm listen, <laughs> just humour me, humour me here for a moment, right? Indulge me. <laughs> uh, bizarrely enough, I was in a soft play uh, centre in Kirkcaldy when when that goal was scored. But the reason I'm bringing it up is it didn't I didn't realise this until a couple of weeks ago that that used to be a venue called the Carlton Theatre, which in 1963 the Beatles played. So there you go, I'm throwing that wee bit of trivia in there, Amy. I know how much you love it. Uh, Simon Thomas, Rogic is pure class. He absolutely is pure class. And it's interesting now that we're moving into his 10th year. Will we see testimonials for James Forrest, Callum McGregor, Tommy Rogic and Nir Beaton. How interesting would that be in an era where it's difficult for a footballer to get 10 years under his belt at any one football club? Uh, people are asking about the uh, forward line. Who are we going to be playing up front? Uh, well, Tony, you said we would be playing with Maida, Forrest and Abada. Am I right in saying that? I did that, yeah. Yeah, and what we have there, again, is a, a scenario where we're throwing in, we're throwing in a guy for his debut um, but I don't think we're going to have the same issue that we had with Yakamakis, where there was an issue. Oh, he's not had a pre-season. You know, he's he's going in, he's hitting the ground running, Maeda, isn't he? Well, the reason I said those three players is because they're interchangeable. They can all play in every one of those positions up front. You know, the left, right, or through the middle. So you get three guys who could just kind of up and change the whole time, uh, and I think that's a good thing, especially if Hibs are going to come out and play. You know, so you can maybe exploit that if they do come out of Sean Maloney. That's his, that's the way he said he's going to play. He wants to attack and entertain and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think those three guys could get a bit of joy then yeah. uh, in his defence just by spinning and rotating and, and playing. Because, you know, Abada can play centre and right, can't he? Or oh, sorry, centre and right. Maida seemingly can play right and centre, can't he? You know, and Forrest can play in any of those three. So, I think that gives you kind of options there, as opposed to just a one one single focal point. Yeah, with, with, with two wingers. So that, that that was my thinking behind that. It's also good to see Forrest back. I think he really is an unsung hero in that football team, and just just to get the credit he deserves. But I just think uh, to see him back on the pitch is a, is a great thing for Celtic. Well, I think the very fact. Tony, that both yourself and me, because I agree with your your forward line, uh, you would throw him right back in. And I know that he's had stick in the past, etc. And he's sometimes uh, seems to be inconsistent, drifts out of games. But his record does speak for himself. Thirteenth season in the hoops, Amy, incredible. Thirteenth season in the hoops, he's contributed to almost two hundred goals, either by scoring or assisting. Um, what's your concerns? We've spoken about our concerns with Julian, the other long term injury. 
who might be in the squad this evening. It'd be great to see him on the bench at least. Um, what's your What's your thoughts on Jamesy Forrest? There's, it's been stop start this season, and last season was the same. Are, are we, you know, are we looking at a situation where we just need to manage manage him a wee bit better? Uh, he has played a hell of a lot of football. He's a bit like, you know, Kieran Tierney played a lot of football at a young age, didn't he? Um, McGregor came into the team a wee bit later, but since he's came into the team, he's played every game virtually that he's been fit for. Um, is it just a case that we need to manage James's body a wee bit, even though he's not an old player? He's at the that stage of his career now because of the games he's played. Yeah, I think so. Um, like I say, I don't think he's an old player. I just think he's probably a slightly more fragile player. Um, I think since he really came back, he's probably just been a little bit off, you say off the pace, you say slow, but James Forrest being slow is still probably just the average winger's speed. Um, he used, I used to get so frustrated with it, and I, I love James Forrest and always have, and we spoke about it so much that still for so many is the whipping boy, but there was just so many times that I think why he was the whipping boy is because you would just go, just take him on, you know, just take the man on and he wouldn't go to the byline perhaps as many times as he should or could because he was always going to beat the man. There was not a defender, certainly in Scotland at the time, um, probably for the, the the majority of his career, that it would ever match James Forrest. You know, if he got down to the byline, his delivery is probably not the, the best as what it could be and what it maybe should be um, because it, how often he can get down to the bye but that was the most frustrating thing for me it was just you know just take him on but you know he is a, a modern day legend and legend is such an overused term but he's played such an integral role in the last you know 10 11 years of Celtics history um, that he is rightly up there so I do think it is about managing him properly I think it he's going to be a guy that will see his career out at Celtic, which is speaks volumes for itself. You know, we're talking about how hard it is to have 10 years at one club, never mind a whole mm. career these days. But I feel that Forrest will be one of those players. I think he would certainly be more than content with that. He's never been one of the showboaty guys, always wanting to be in the limelight. He's quite happy just almost plodding along. Um, and pretty much going unnoticed. If you've ever read his autobiography, it's brilliant, by the way. I highly recommend it. Um, and I think it shows him in the best light that he's really not fixed, that he was never the main man kind of thing. Obviously, won the Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year awards when he was really young under Lennon uh, first time rounds. But he's had a, a, a tremendous career at Celtic, and I now think it's time for Celtic to pay back to him um, and manage him properly and look after him properly, but still give him any opportunity because he can still play such a huge part in the side. Yeah, big shout out to Joe Donnelly who wrote that book. Joe's uh, been on Axom a couple of times. Well, he was on the, the sell the jerseys as well. Um, but I think when it comes to Forrest, we've spoken about a couple of players who could have been out the building and Forrest could have been at the building. When you think back to when, when Rogers came in, Tony, and there was a real change. I mean, he was transformed again uh, under Rogers. Rogers did that to a lot of players. But he's not really had the opportunity under Ange Postecoglou. There's been snippets where he's come in and he's, he's shown flashes. He's really not had the opportunity uh, to be a pivotal player under Ange. But I think that will come in the second half of the season, Tony. Still a big game player. I'll score when it matters against St. John's Hamden in the semi-final. Yeah, scored, scored in finals for Celtic before. He scored winning goals against Rangers. So nobody can convince me that Forrest isn't a, a big game player, an important player for Celtic. Regardless if he's your favourite or not, he does big things on big stages. You know, and he, he can be a working boy all he wants, but I kind of refer to that kind of contribution as being quite a, a large contribution. 
and I think he's got what nineteen medals. He's the most decorated player at the club. He's an outright winner. You know, people say Mir Beaton's got so many medals as well, but I'll I would ask everybody to tell me what Mir Beaton's telling contributions to winning those medals has been. Probably can't see it, but you can tell what James Forrest is what where or was. So yeah, I think he has a valuable contribution to make and an impact and as Amy said, we do have to mind be mindful of him and the injury uh, worries and concerns, but players will always want to play, whether it's against a against the better judgment of the science mm. and the and the doctors and their manager. You look at what Anne said about Kyogo. Yeah. In the final, you've just snuck on the bus, you've just snuck on the park. And thankfully, that's a day when that gamble paid off. It's not going to pay off all the time, as you've seen with Kyogo, when you put him on against Betis and, you know, he, he get taken off. So these are the things you have to manage moving forward. And hopefully, we'll learn a wee bit from that. But, you know, I think James Forrest is a, is a wonderful player to have at your disposal and in your armory. It really is. And I think Forrest, you. You know, you'd say to players that who are maybe come to the twilight stages of their career, but I think Forrest still looks hungry. He saw the goal in the semi-final meant to him. You know, he does that ad nauseum. You would think that. You know, there's a player that's never get tired of coming up with big moments for Celtic and never will, and neither will the fans. And I guess he's, he's been a player to me that's never had that ego. You know, he's never said he's going to do this or he's going to do that. He's been putting trust in front of the camera quite a lot. He was a kind of go-to guy for pressers and stuff. And he's always been quietly efficient, even when mm. he spoke. I've not read his autobiography, but I might check it out now. But, you know, uh, he's a player that I think has deserved everything that he's got because he's worked hard and and he's been overlooked for being people's personal favourite. There's always been players that have been lauded a lot more for maybe contributing a lot less because they were a bit more flamboyant or a bit more, as Amy said, showboaty, all mm. your, you know, or, or, you know, but you, you can't underestimate James Forrest's contribution in Celtic jersey. It's colossal. You know, and any success he gets and future success he, he's earned and he's deserved and I'd love to see him uh, make a, a, a fantastic impact in the second half of the season because, again, we've now, you're now looking at a lot of options there, aren't you, in the forward areas. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Jack and Marcus. As I said, the last one with the real Jack and Marcus stand up. You know, now you have to. He might be the one that comes on from the bench uh, tonight, assuming that he's on the bench and he's fit. You know, because this guy's got a role to play. You can't not contribute. You have to contribute. So it's it's moving forward. Absolutely. Um, one point on on Forrest at the age of 30, Tony, you, you do look at him and think, well, you know, you, you could be looking at another four or five years of James A. Forrest playing for Celtic. He's not the type of player uh, like one that I'm going to be speaking about in a wee second that um, hasn't looked after himself, you know, and yet, even if you do look after yourself, there's nothing you can do about uh, troublesome injuries at times. Uh, talking about Kyogo, yeah, aggravated the injury against St. Johnston. We're going to miss him. We're going to miss him badly. Um, but as some uh, some of the commenters are saying in here, we're bringing in a player who's got uh, pace to burn. Uh, you know that that much is clear. I've loved these. Um, I've loved these inputs so far in the press conferences. 
as well. He's very decisive in what he says. He's very clear in, in what he's going to say. He's here to win. He's here to beat Rangers. Um, and I just think that, you know, straight away, the last the last player that said something similar to that was Chris Sutton, and he did okay. Um, he wanted to put Rangers back in their place, so that's fine. Uh, Maeda tonight, I'm looking looking forward to seeing him. I do think there's a chance Hatate uh, will start, but it's not guaranteed, as you say. We've got other options in that, that area. But in terms of options up top, Maeda's going to start. Um, one player who I hope's on the, the bench is Yakamakis, one who won't be involved because he said his contract torn up as Lee Griffiths. There's been a lot uh, written about and said uh, on social media about Griffiths and where does he go from here? You know, you look at the landscape, Amy, of Scottish football. Uh, at this level, is he good enough to play at this level? Well, He's got the talent to play at this level. Is there a manager out there who's going to take a punt on him? Possibly in the Premiership, perhaps. Um, is Griffiths able to, in terms of financially, is he able to step down to the Championship? All of these things we'll need to take into account. Some people reckon he'll, he'll end up elsewhere, he'll move away from Scotland. I don't think um, he could possibly go to a level down in England. Um, where where does his future lie, Amy? And, you know, Tony's written about what could have been for Lee Griffiths. We all know what could have been for Lee Griffiths. It's not happened at Celtic. It was the right decision to tear up the contract. But where does he go from here? I don't think he has a future in Scottish football, um, if I'm honest with you. Certainly not in either of the top two flights. And I don't think he'll dip down any lower. Um because I, I think he'll will himself think that he's better than that. Um, and as you say, there's probably no denying that natural talent that he, he probably is better than that. But no club, he, he's not, you know, no disrespect at all. But if, if he can't do it at Dundee, and I'm not meaning more the level of Dundee, you know, James McPake is one of his best friends. Um, we got hips together for a really long time. And that is really why the move to Dundee worked for, for all parties, obviously. He'd been at Dundee earlier on in his career, but if anybody was really going to get a tune out of him, it was going to be McPake. McPake certainly thought that he'd be able to control him, be able to get him back to the fit fire and Lee Griffiths, um, that we, we all kind of, you know, do know what he can do and what that what how great that level can be. But he's not done it and he's, he's not going to do it for his friend. Um, and I mean friend of, you know, 10, 15 years now, a really long time. Um, then then it's not going to happen. Um, certainly not, like I say, at any of this level, at any club at this level. I think the best move for him would be going abroad, going somewhere else. But obviously he, he has a young family. That's as a tricky situation as it is, but I don't think that he has a career in Scottish football again. Um, I don't think if he dipped down any further, as much as I'm saying I don't think he personally would, I don't think that would be, you know, probably responded to very well by fans of said, of, of said certain clubs. Um, just with everything that comes with it, you don't want to, you know... I mean, to have a, a guy like that at your club, I don't think. Um, he splits opinion now. And it is a, I think it's a sad state of affairs because, you know, we can all say it, naturally talented player, gifted player, goal-scoring player, but he's not done what a, a top professional should do. You know, he should be ridiculous numbers, ridiculous stats, should have ridiculous amount of appearances for Scotland, the national team, goals for the national team. You know, we shouldn't still be going back to these two picks against England, but that, that's where we're at and the, obviously the penalty. Um, but no, Celtic have finally now done the right thing and ripping up his contract. And I mean, nobody was kind of a, a bigger league Griffiths fan than me. Being from where I am as well, you know, he grew up here, played, he was, he's always kind of around here. This is local to him. Um, 
obviously when he was at Hibs as well, always seen him around, always seen him around. So it is a sad state of affairs, um, but n- now is the time and Celtic have finally done the right thing and ripping up his contract. Yeah, I mean, you look at last season and uh, the fact he scores, he scores, Tony, um, last December. Uh, when we won the quadruple treble in the Scottish Cup. There was talk that he might have been in the Scotland squad. How bizarre is that now that we're talking about a, a guy without a club and possibly without a future in Scottish football? They were talking about him possibly being in the Scotland squad. Um, you know, and we're now in a situation, I think Amy's right. Uh, it looked as though it was a perfect fit for him up in Dundee. It's obviously not worked out. Um, I don't think he'll drop down two divisions in Scotland, Tony. I don't know if there's a manager, um, there's certainly a manager who who would be needing goals, but I don't know if he'll be able to get them out of Lee Griffiths. We talk about him in glowing terms sometimes about his goal-scoring prowess, but uh, you need to go back to Ronnie Dyla, Ronnie Dyla's time at Celtic, uh, to, to see a season which he really has performed well enough for Celtic. And I know when he scored those two memorable goals for Scotland, it was during Brendan Rodgers' time. But it was during Brendan Rodgers' time that his career went off the rails. I think off the park, there's a lot that's very unsavoury about D. Griffiths. You know, talking about recent actions, they're not becoming of a Celtic player, actions not becoming of a Celtic player, which has led to his Celtic contract being torn up. But also, I'll cut him some slack in terms of there's mental health issues there, clearly, and I hope he gets the right help that he's needed to, to steer himself back on track. You know, and I, and I think the crying shame about Lee Griffiths is he is a wonderful goal scorer and Alison McConnell made a fair point that he was a few goals short of being uh, the first Celtic player to hit 100 league goals since Henrik Larson and the first Scottish player to hit 100 league goals since Kenny Leash did it in 76. So if you're asking Lee Griffiths regrets, you'll have a few because he was given... And he was given more chances to to become that guy, to become mm-hmm. that legendary figure. Mm-hmm. Some of the goals he scored for Celtic will go down in folklore and history and Scotland. But I, I think at some point, Lee Griffiths had to help himself as well. And I don't think he did. Didn't set that high bar as an example of what you and I would deem a role model for a Celtic player. And I'm still allowing for the fact that there was mental health issues there. He needs help. The guy clearly needs help. And I think Celtic have got to the end of their terror with him. (coughs) And I've said before, the club is moving in a different direction under Ange and didn't need that, didn't want that baggage. But I hope he does continue in his football journey. I don't know who will take a punt on him. But if you can get this guy's head focused and on the straight and narrow, he will score you goals because there is nobody better. And if there's a more natural finisher in the country, then somebody needs to point them out to me. Uh, because he was that good, could have been that good. And there'll be a lot of what-ifs and maybes and buts and regrets. Nobody more than he Griffiths himself, where he's caught up on and off the park. And that's that's basically all I can really say about Lee Griffiths. Yep. I think people are conflicted and their opinions are divided, but you remember he's a human being as well. Absolutely. He's 31. He's at that stage of his career now where, yeah, maybe his best days are behind him. I think that's uh, where this all points towards uh, tonight. 
Um, obviously, we're all buzzing for the game, but let's not forget that uh, young, brave Celtic warrior Rory, and this is something that uh, came to my attention because of yourself, Tony, because you were tweeting about it. Um, you know, he's a wee brave warrior, isn't he? I mean, you, you read his story. Just tweet in at Rory Wish to Walk with the number two on Twitter and you'll get the full story. You can actually donate to the cause as well. But what the family are looking for is for a, a loud and proud cheer in the ninth minute, a roar for Rory. That's the hashtag. We've been sharing it on the Twitter. We're going to mention it today. We're going to mention it tonight. And hopefully we do get a wee bit of momentum with that. Tony, I'm late to this. Uh, it was yourself that introduced me to it. But these are the things that social media can be used for positively. You cannot watch that video of that wee guy walking and not be touched by that. And if you're part of the Celtic family, the white Celtic family, you can't do anything other than offer some kind of help. And I put it out on Twitter, you know what, the good idea, a roar for Rory. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. And his mum told him and he's really excited about that. And, you know, just watch the video. Just It'll, it'll melt your heart. You know, the guy that's his dearest wish to walk, something we take for granted. And you see him with his wee trolley pushing it and he's shouting about Celtic. He's even showing people how to roar, which is just, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's I would love it to happen for the wee guy. And just, uh, and there's a GoFundMe page and they've raised a lot of money and, They've got a target in mind, and yeah, if you can donate, fine. But if you're going along tonight, yeah, give him a cheer because the wee guy would love it. And he's just, he's, you know, I, I, and I'm, I'm aware there are a lot of people out there facing similar problems, but I, I, the note always come into my, my feed, and it, it just, it's just something that came into my feed, and I was, I was quite touched by it, and I just thought it'd be nice to, to do something and help and. And since I tweeted that role for Rory, the amount of Celtic supporters that got in touch, it just it shows me that the, the club's a family. It really is. Yeah. And his mum even got in touch with me as well to say thanks and he's excited. And you know what I think uh, yeah, if you can help make his wish come true then it'd be great. Absolutely. And that is what social media should be used for, Amy Canavan. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. it's endearing and everything that Tony said, retweeted it as well, um, just to get the message around because it's, it is, it just makes your heart warm and it makes you smile and, and it is, they say social media can be whatever but um, when stories like this it makes it all worthwhile, absolutely. Yep, there we go, ninth minute, give we Rory a roar. It's been a quick one this morning, uh, Amy, you you're obviously going to get yourself ready. You're the driver. You're the designated driver tonight. I'll be back on this evening for the match day coverage. So please join me half an hour before kickoff, uh, half time and at full time as usual on a Celtic state of mind. Thank you everybody for getting involved in the comment section. Um, it was a busy show. We're over 1100. So thank you all for tuning in. And thank you once again to Tony Haggerty and Amy Canavan for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.
Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.